Fast Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick, with me are my cohort, co-host, cousins, the hockey puck, the dumbbell, and the schmuck, to my Mr. Warmth, Justin, Derek, and Tyler. We are recording this episode on April 12, 2017. History seems to always get made in some form or fashion during sports, and last week was no exception. You had Sergio Garcia, got himself a green jacket in the Masters, earned himself his first major. 74 time was the charm. One of our own has an eyewitness account of history being made that we'll share later in the show. But sometimes history-making events do not, come be, or do not become so apparent without the passage of time. And while the stuff coming out of last weekend's scrimmage and Riley's comments afterwards don't seem like much in the history-making department, it may lead to a troubling portent that may portend dramatic consequences come the fall. Derek, can you shed some light on what actually uh, transpired? Well, let me just first throw out there, thank you for interrupting that garbage sonnet that was played. How dare you talk about Adele that Classic. way? You, Classic. You could, yes. you I don't even know what the intro was. Faster. I kept on listening to the song in the background. Man. Right, I was... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad everyone got in touch with their sensitivity. Let's move on. Derek, Can shed some light, that? please. Well, you know, the, one, the biggest thing I took out of the Mike Riley press conference was how very, very concerning he the offensive line is. And it scares me to think that we still may not have a very good offensive line, especially now we don't have a mobile quarterback. Um, one thing about that that I appreciated was, it you know, Mike Riley has this tendency to kind of, you know, he's always going to be, aw shucks, Mr. Good Guy, Mr. Will Rogers, Mr., you know, uh, just the nicest guy. But when Sip asked him that question about the offensive line, it's like all of a sudden he got all true romancy, lit an imaginary cigarette and said, okay, you guys want the truth? We suck. All right. That's all there is to it. Is that kind of the impression you got, Tyler, that he basically just kind of threw up his hand and said, you guys tell me what I need to do because I'm trying my best here. No, not really. I, you know, I, I am concerned about our offensive line. We we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Until I see it, you know, at least in the spring game um, here next week or going into the season, I, I am going to be concerned about it. But, you know, it's not uncommon for coaches on a weaker unit to th- use the media, use publicity to throw a little shade at them and try to get them motivated that way. Um, you, you guys, you know, this is a new unit. They're playing together. Last year, injuries... They underperformed. I mean, I again, I, I'm not throwing the panic button at the team yet, um, even though I am concerned about it going into the year, based off those comments. Are you concerned about the switching around that's going on? looks like Con- Cole Conrad, is that right? He's going to be the starting center? Well, he, he's going to compete there, it sounds like. Yeah. He, he's going he's gonna to compete. So, I mean, w- w- what I took from that is Cole Conrad was competing with Neville, uh, for that right tackle spot. It, it got apparent that the gap between one and two becomes substantial. And they started evaluating, saying, you know what, Cole Conrad might be you know, our fifth best offensive lineman. We may want to get him on the field. And, and if he works out at center, I don't know. But the, the fact that the coaches are willing to give that a shot, I, am, uh, I, I'm, I think it's a good idea. Uh, Justin, anything as far as any particular players you're intrigued by in the spring game or any kind of um, uh, arrangements that will take place on the field, do you think? Jeez, a lot. 
a lot has to be done on uh, offense. Everything on offense that really excites me between, you know, the quarterback battle, the running back battle. And I really want to see what these wide receivers can do with guys that can throw to them and uh, actually hit them when they're open or even not open. So every, everything on offense intrigues me. Everything on defense intrigues me. I'm just, it's, it's like Christmas. I think Derek said it before, you know, it, it's like, you know, opening Christmas presents. I want to see what I'm, what we're going to get for this coming year. But um, Diaco kind of hinted at if you guys are expecting to see the three four rolled out in all its splendor, put that away. I mean, it seems like everything's going to be pretty vanilla. And then as far as like the setup, what I'm really intrigued by is to see like Tanner Lee on the red versus Patrick O'Brien on the white, and see those and, and really see them like on opposing on opposing sides of the of the field. I think that would be intriguing. Uh, about the running back situation, Derek, is there anything about that that kind of uh, intrigues you or or um, or gets you worried? Well, it sounds it sounds like uh, Trey Bryant and Mikel Wilbon are stepping up and kind of separating themselves a little bit. But aren't they uh, kind Azig- of Azigbo? still right there. I don't think he's out of it by any stretch of the imagination. Are you concerned though by you're having basically two? Very similar backs, not only in terms of, you know, physical and whatnot, but in terms of their usage. Like, I can see them being used more as a speed back or a scat back. And then you have a Zigbo is like, uh, I mean, I don't know where he fits into this. You know what I mean? It sounds like the concentration well, is going to be more on that end. Well, the part that scares me is it seems like we're still trying to stick with this running backs by committee. In the last two years, it really hasn't worked out real well. And so sticking, sticking with that kind of concerns me a little bit. I don't know if I like this whole running backs by committee. Mm. Seems like seems like if you leave a guy in a little longer, maybe you can get in a groove a little bit better and kind of break off some bigger runs. What, what do you but, call a committee? Like two guys is a committee or three guys? I mean, depends on how they're two used. Or, two or three. Well, it depends on how they're used. I mean – I don't think two guys is bad at all. I think two guys is is a pro- probably a really well, good I, combination to use. I think if you're splitting the 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 runs fifty fifty, I think that's where it starts becoming a problem. If if you have two guys running the ball, you're always going to have more than one running back running the ball. You can't expect one running back to take every run in the game. I get that. That's happened forever in Nebraska. I'm, I'm not I guess my thing, my thing is, is it, I, I don't understand the 50-50 issue. You, you go into a game, you say, hey, we're going to give both running backs a chance to get going. You, and then late in the game, you ride the hot hand. I, I mean, I, I think that, that, that approach yeah, to running back but what if you want is, to need to change it up a bit, especially if the defense kind of gets wise and shuts down your hot hand, then who do you go well, to? Well, then you flip it back. I mean, there's nothing. Here's a, here's my concern with the running backs is it are both of these guys, you know, are they one, a one B by default? Is it because, you know, there's an old quarterback adage. If you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. It, it, what I have seen from these guys, the concern going into this year is, are they both the top two guys? Because really, neither one is doing that good. I mean, is that the concern going into this year? Because I think our running game next year is the single biggest fear I have from this team. And you, you kind of went over that, Patrick. But I think I think the spring game, what I want to see is I want to see what our running backs do. I, I 
more than the quarterback play, more than defense. I want to see can our running backs make moves? Can't do they look efficient? Does our offensive line create any sort of lanes for them? That that that's what I want to see uh, the most in the spring game. Justin, right. do you think that um, as far as format, is there anything format wise you want to see? Do you want to see uh, more of a kind of pleasing the crowd sort of a of a of a situation, or more of a bare bones run a hundred or so plays scrimmage? No nonsense. Uh. I don't. I don't have any issue with the way that they did the spring game last year with the point system for plays on offense and defense. I, I thought that worked out fine. You know, it definitely provided a little bit of extra excitement towards the at the last play of the game. Uh, I, I didn't have any problem with that. Uh, I do want to go back to the quarterback situation. What I think is interesting, what I want to see out of the quarterbacks, is Mike Riley has been throwing around the seventy percent completion uh, number uh, during the spring. And I'm really curious to see if the, our two top quarterbacks, if they can achieve that 70% uh, completion marker. You know, he's basically setting that. That's he's the, uh, the goal. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's setting it right there. 70%. And it's not like when Taylor Martinez set 70%. I mean, <laughs> this is coming from Mike Riley. So I, I that's what I really want to see. So I am intrigued by that, Tyler. Well, that's stupid. You're an idiot. Why? Here's the thing. It, it, it drives me crazy. If, if, if we throw 70%, all I'm going to be sitting there seeing is why the hell aren't our corners doing better? Like, to, to, to get up, and if we don't see 70%, what if our corners go in there and break up balls? Like, that, that in practice. I don't care how our defense stuff. does against our offense. I care about how they go against other offenses because they don't have to worry about our offense. Exactly. Exactly. So, I guess my thing is, is when I, when I, I've heard other people say that, like, Oh my God, this quarterback play, you know, if I want to see 60, 70%, or this whole spring ball, every time the defense picks off a quarterback once, it's like, this is a big deal. Well, guys, maybe our secondary is actually going to be one of the better ones in the country this year. And that is going to be tough to throw against them. It's going to make them better well, throughout the course of the spring. Well, to, to, to make an argument on you, Tyler, you can make that same argument with our front seven on defense and stopping the run. You can't. I mean, maybe, maybe our front seven is just that good that we're, we're shutting down the run. Well, you, we're going to see all really, of this in the spring game. I think that'll give us a, a picture of, of, of how where, where we're at development-wise. And then we'll be talking with Brandon Cavanaugh next week uh, about the spring game, which should be fun. But let's move on. Tyler, you witnessed history. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. Go into a little bit more detail about that, if you would, please. Well, uh, for the people that don't know, recently I moved to Denver, Colorado. And this last weekend, I had the great opportunity to go to my first Nuggets game. And it happened to be when Russell Westbrook was in town. And so, obviously, for anyone who wasn't paying attention, that was the game that he broke Oscar Robinson's record for triple-double. And I I've seen a lot of live sporting events in my day. And, and really, for a game that I gave about two shits for. I mean, I could care less. And, 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 this, and this was a game, to preference it, that it, Denver had to win to stay in playoff contention. When, when he was one assist away for about five possessions, everyone in the arena got on their feet when the Thunder had the ball, and when an assistant happened, they sat down when the Nuggets had a ball in a competitive game. So not only did he end up breaking the triple-double record, I saw Russell Westbrook go off and score 50 points 
And easily, and I've seen Dwayne Wade in his prime. I've seen a few NBA games in my prime. I've never seen an athlete like Wessel Westbrook on the field court. It would be like, it would be like if the the way it looked honestly is if like a normal NBA player was playing against me in basketball. Like it was, it was so embarrassing for these guys trying to do anything against him. It, 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 he is easily that, and I mean. I mean, Wait God, to so for yourself for one thing. But um, yeah. as far as like, as far as like uh, the actual moment, though, do you think this puts to rest the whole thing about oh, he's just padding his stats or whatnot? Because that was the no, thing. He's, comp- he, he's completely padding his stats. Oh no, 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 he, no, no! But the situation warranted that he had to do that. He had he no. made the final shot, did he not? He oh, had well, to win that it, game. Oh, maybe scoring wise, but assist wise, I mean, there was eight possessions that he drove to the hoop broke wide open and then all of a sudden tried to toss up an alley oop or try to get an easy pass to someone and his team just sucks i mean they they couldn't make a four shot they couldn't make a layup so he he was passing up he could have scored 75 points that game i mean he he knows what he knew what was at stake for the game you know he's not stupid double double he i mean there was a singular had at least four shots, and I shit you not, if you didn't watch the game, he was within a foot and a half from the hoop that he either alley-ooped in for a layup, and he missed it. Not a block. The guy missed it. I mean, it was it was so apparent he was going for the triple-double, but you know what, though? He hit the game winner, and, and, and this year with probably one of the most competitive MVP ballots, I, I, in my opinion, he sealed the fate as the MVP of the league this game. Yeah, he kind of sealed the deal. Kind of, it's kind of hard to argue with him beating a, a record like Oscar Robertson's. But I'm, I'm game if, if you guys can offer up any opposing views here. I can't, but I, I just wanted to throw out some uh, statistics about the uh, triple double. Going back to 2009, I'm going to throw out some numbers here. Uh, in 2009, four. 2010, four. 2011, six. 2012, five. 2013, five. 2014, 11. 2015, 18. And 2016, 42. And those numbers are uh, the triple double leaders in the NBA for each of those years. And it didn't hit double digits until 2014 with Russell Westbrook with the 11. Uh, you know, in 2009, 2010, LeBron James led the league in triple doubles with four. So look how significant, you know, 11 is great. 18, what he did last year was awesome, but 42. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, it's, it's gotta be his, you, every, you know, there's uh, other guys that, you know, any other year besides this, an argument could be made for uh, James Harden and uh, Leonard, you know, any I, other guy. I still think James Harden has a pretty damn good argument. Any other if year, Kawhi absolutely. Leonard blocked him. He's yeah, but he has led his team to set to at least seven more wins than what Westbrook has led Oklahoma City to. Yeah, and, and, and James Harden, James Harden is one and a half rebounds away from a triple, averaging a triple double himself. He's got twenty one on the year. Well, fine, fine for so, numbers, but averaging a triple-double. The thing about Harden is this year, okay, so he if, if you just take away the triple-double, and I get I am a Russell, I think he edges out. Harden has had a great year. He's 
third in the league in scoring, leads the league in assists for the third best team in the NBA. But the guy who I'd actually have as my runner-up this year is LeBron James. Oh, and a lot of talk's no. been had. No, a lot of no, okay. No. So, 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 so he sat. He sat too many games out. Shoot, man. Okay, so so okay, so let me make let me make my argument. So LeBron James, who is universally one of the best basketball players of all time, is the first player in NBA history, first player in NBA history to average over 25, 8, and 8 with over 50% uh, field goal percentage. He has averaged 26 points with over 55% field goal efficiency. That is one of the most efficient seasons in the NBA, and he's averaged a career high in assists and a career high in rebounds, and he's led the second to first seed in the East. I mean, his season, while, yes, he sat out, and I think that's what cost him the MVP, is him sitting out. I, I think that a case has been made that this may be LeBron James' best individual season as far as statistically. And uh, he's if he leads one of the best head of the finals, finals. I, could, I could agree with that. But well, it's a regular then, season record. I think the Cavs are too schizophrenic to even consider him. Um, let's move on to the finals. Uh, with the NBA finals, who you guys have for the East and West? Tyler, we'll start with you then. Um, you know, it, you know, the Cavs are interesting. And while I do think LeBron James had a good season, you know, I, I do see the writing on the wall. The end of LeBron is coming. He's had to sit out, and I worry about the Cavs in a playoff series where he can't get that rest. Um, but at the end of the day, the Cavs, in my opinion, have the two best players in the East with uh, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. You know, the, the depth of that roster with Kyle Korver, Darren Williams, J.R. Smith, they, they've got still some depth. And while they're getting old, I think they still got one more run. I think they come out of the East. Um, Who do you have for the West? The, 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 I, think, I think it's the Warriors. I mean, you, so you look at the— then. I think it's a rematch, but this year the Warriors they run the Cavs off the floor. I think they win in so five. So you think games. Durant's going to be the uh, the difference maker that they didn't I, have I last think year? Curry's going to be different. I think last year he was injured. If you don't remember last year, he was injured around. He never got healthy. He's healthy right now, and yes, Durant's definitely going to help. But I think Curry is the better player on that team, and I think that th- there's no way the Cavs can guard him when he's healthy. Derek, what about you? East, east and west. Well, ne- never in NBA history has two teams made the finals three years in a row. And I don't think that changes this year. I think one of these two teams probably doesn't make it. Uh, Golden State's really hot right now, so I, it's hard to really take them out of the West, although they have the tougher competition. But, I, I, Patrick, I think you're right. I think Cleveland's kind of really on a down skid. And I, I, LeBron's been to what? Six straight finals, yeah. And he's wearing down. He's mm-hmm. wearing down. It's showing. I, I, it's showing. I, I think. I, I think I have Washington going to the finals. Really? Where do you yeah. think the Celtics are going to be at? The Celtics might actually be the uh, number one seed. Well, I and that's and that's what I did my bracket. To, I did a bracket. They just kind of see how it would all fall out. And if Boston and Washington both win their their first rounds, so they would end up playing in the in the semifinals. And I, I have Washington edging out Boston a little bit. 
That is intriguing, Cleveland in the in the in the uh, conference finals. That is intriguing, Derek. We'll keep an eye on that one, Justin. Since you have no mind of your own and you basically go by Las Vegas, what are they saying? <laughs> well, Vegas, Vegas loves Cleveland in the fin- in the finals, and they love Golden State in the finals. Obviously, they, I don't love Golden State at all. Yeah. I got Cleveland, San Antonio. Yeah. How, how's the therapy going with that? Is it is it getting better? It's wonderful. It's Good. wonderful. Good. Um, um, and then uh, some news coming out of Nebraska. Uh, the SS Miles is continuing to sink. We just had word that Michael Jacobson is transferring. Guys, when do we hear about White? Because I think it's only a matter of time now. You Watson? Oh, yeah, Andrew yeah. White's that's right, gone. Glenn Watson. Thank you. I'm still smarting from uh, <laughs> White. I still haven't healed from that. You know, the uh, Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, follow him. Uh, I retweeted a uh, Dirk Chadlin tweet uh, about Miles, and uh, it, it went along the lines of saying that Miles has signed 14 four-year prospects. One has completed eligibility. Nine left early and four are still in the program. And that's crazy. That That is is just crazy. That is what Miles has done. So these four transfers just, I mean, it's part of his legacy, really. Hey, uh, at least we're not Memphis, who has now had six guys leave their team so far this year. Oh, but plenty we're time to catch him. Yeah, exactly. Here's my thing. While while this is definitely a black guy, I, I think... You know the the rock bottom was Morrow leaving. Jacobson, I mean, how effective of a player was he last year for us? I he I, shot, I am just, he shot thirty nine percent for the year, and averaged six points a game doing that. Like he was I mean, a starter. Just, you when you have two starters leave a program, something is telling there. Something is. Is, is it debatable that would he have been a starter again this year with all the but, other transfers? Hell I don't yeah. Know. You don't think so? I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess here's the thing: it is the 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 right the the cloud is getting very dark over Lincoln basketball right now. The Pinnacle <laughs> Arena, there is a dark cloud over it. But a flood is coming. But if if I was going to look for a silver lining, and and it's tough, my my argument at this point is: okay, we lost a player who wasn't that effective for us last year who honestly, when I watched him play, didn't look like he was reeking of potential for us. And whatever the reason he transferred, which I really don't know, unless you guys have insight, I'm going to hope there was some fear that his playing time was going to be cut next year. The, what, what I had read is that, uh, that, they want, that Tim Miles might have used him more at center, and he didn't want to play center. And that's probably a better position for him to play. But but again, he's putting it's the same it's the same song and dance. You have players that put themselves ahead of the team, and I don't know whether that's Miles' fault or the players are too 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 much like prima donnas or what. But there's definitely a disconnect and some sort of miscommunication, and neither side wants to budge. Look, at the end of the day, Tim Miles didn't do his job. If they had a communication issue on whether he's going to play forward or center. And Jacobson, he leaves. 
Okay. There, there's something wrong there with that, that coaching aspect. Yeah. And you want to say that, you know, it, it's a minimal loss, you know, it doesn't matter. He was still a starter. And what does that do for the depth of the program? It kills our depth. So it unless you got five it. absolute studs that are never going to get hurt or wore down, then, then you're right. This doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I well, only- I, at the end of the, at the end of the day, I, I don't believe we're moving on miles until after next season. You know, hopefully so this is the last conference with him for one more year. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see we're moving unless we're going to hire Hastings College head coach. I mean, I mean, we're not we're not making a stab at any players at this point. I mean, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Let's, I think we, I think we ride out this year. We'll see if Miles has a hat and the leash is short. The leash is short in Lincoln, just like it was a couple weeks ago. Well, let's hope they yank it. And listeners, at least we have spring football coming up and tax day. Remember, do your taxes. That'll wrap it up for us. On the CuzCast, a shout-out to the Sports with the Bats. Nebraska baseball for winning two out of three from number 24, Maryland, this weekend. And the softball team was on an eight-game winning streak. Hopefully they won the second game tonight after losing the first. Uh, If you want to hit us up, uh, visit our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean. We're also available on iTunes. Don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at Husker cuzcast at yahoo.com for comments questions suggestions on topics of future episodes praise more praise or troll us to your heart's content we'll see you next wednesday have a happy easter everyone rest in peace don rickles and jay giles hey listen you putts i got news for you you're not that big and you're not that red just just so anemic that a transfusion would just make you pinker and why don't you use a pump next time yeah go big red all right go as in go big red move on already there's a spot at the bingo table that's something you're able to win right oh let's not move so fast einstein first you gotta play it oh yeah <laughs>